We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamot Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through His Word, He expresses His plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Mudi. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. Amen. Who's ready for a word from God this morning? Who? Amen. Help me thank the team. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Fantastic. I'm going to, before we say it, I want us to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26. Um, can you drop my time by five minutes? 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26 before we say it this morning. So I run like someone who has a goal. I fight like somebody, like a boxer. I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just the air. And we started out last week on this meaning in the madness thing. And we're trying to say, you know, God wants us to live our lives this way. God wants us to live our lives in such a way that there's that deliberateness. There is that, you know what, I'm hitting something. I'm not just punching the air. I'm living my life like somebody that has a goal. And, you know, that's what I believe God is going to lead us in again this morning. Last week, we tried to build out a framework. And the big idea last week I tried to show you is that, you know what, at the end of the day, this whole purpose thing is something that God invites every one of us to. And that we can really be living our lives that way as we understand what it means to be followers of Jesus, okay? And um, this morning, I'm going to take it a step further. I want to speak to you this morning on what I'll call, what does purpose look like? What, real simple, what does purpose look like? Help me look at two people around you. Make sure you're comfortable with your neighbors. And then say, what does, what does purpose look like to you? What does, what does purpose look like? If you're comfortable with who you're around, you can be seated this morning. Big welcome to everybody online this morning. Good to have you in church with us this morning, right? I, I wonder if you've ever been traveling and, and, you know, just moving from one place to another, and as you were navigating, you know, just the journey, traveling, you know, you got to those moments where it just didn't, like, is this the journey I'm supposed to be on? You know, I thought I was going to Lagos, and all the things I'm seeing, you know, are looking different, and you start to wonder, have I been kidnapped? Am I, you know, am I going to be one of those stories that he left home? You start to wonder, do my family members have my picture that they will share? You know, you start to share live location. Has anybody gotten to those kind of extents before? Okay, it doesn't happen in Nigeria. Um, fantastic, right? But, but, but it happens, you know, sometimes that you're on a journey and it just looks different. It just, is this what I expect to be seen, you know? Or sometimes, maybe it's not even that. Maybe sometimes it's just the length of a journey. Like, I thought I was going from here to that place, right? And then I thought it was going to take 30 minutes. And here I am, two hours later, three hours later. Um, and, I'm, and I'm wondering, you know, did I get something wrong about the journey? And the truth is sometimes if we don't have like benchmarks to understand a journey, we would be on the journey and then we'll be wondering if we're on the journey. So sometimes you're turning back, you know, you're going forward, you're thinking I've made a mistake somewhere, you're stopping a journey because you really don't have benchmarks to understand the journey. You know, I remember at the end, towards the ending part of the lockdown last year, we had been home for quite a while. And I remember that, you know, my wife was just of the opinion that the kids have been caged and, you know, or have felt caged and all of that. And we have two young kids. One is four, one is three. And, you know, don't judge us about how quick they came, you know. But, but basically, you know, and my wife just felt like these kids have been caged and, and all of that. Like, we should, we should go out. We should go somewhere. You know, everybody's just been home and all of that. And I was going to travel. That, and my wife said, let's make it a family trip, you know. And I said, okay, let's do a road trip, right? And so we're going to go to Ondo. Um, and then we said, okay, um, 
you know, with parking, you know, the efforts to park with kids, you know, um, you, you feel like you're relocating. It's like everything has to go. Somebody needs to take, you know, everything. Does. And, you know, that, that's what your wife does. Um, she's good at. So, 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 I mean, for a guy traveling, you just need a toothbrush and, you know, a change of underwear. Anyway, but, 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 but I remember us setting out and, you know, we had to, we had to give them the countdown. We're traveling two days time, three days time, okay? So they're counting down tomorrow and they're all excited about it. They were pumped about it, you know, counting down. We're traveling, we're traveling, we're traveling, we're traveling. Okay, so we set out. On the day after everything, we set out and then we start going. And you know, from my house to the express, there's like a link from my house to the express where you just be at the express in like five minutes or something. And so, you know, we set out and we have like a three hour, maybe three or four hour journey ahead of us. We set out in like five minutes. I mean, we're basically getting to the express. I remember my daughter, when we started out from the house, she said, everybody else, we're traveling, we're traveling. And then we were getting to the express five minutes from the house. And she said, Dad, are we not there yet? Where, you know, um, and I wonder if for many of us, that's like just the purpose conversation. You know, this thing of we're on a journey with God. God, is it, is your waking up every day just that sense of, are we not there yet? You know, like when we leave, are we not there? I've been waiting, you know, I've been waiting. My daughter has this thing. She would come and say that I want this. And she just, some, you know, <laughs> you know, I need a phone. And I'm like, you know, pray about it, you know. And then, I mean, I, at what age did I even understand the concept? Anyway, pray about that. But I've been praying, you know. And I wonder if that's your Christian conversation on a purpose journey. So this is what I want to do. Because it's one thing for us to say purpose is a journey. And it's not just about destinations. And that's so true. But I want to try and give us some benchmarks this morning. And say, you know, if we're on this journey, are you seeing these kind of things? Then maybe you're on the way. And if you're not seeing them, maybe we need to be finding our way. But what does purpose look like? And I hope this morning I can give you maybe just six things that, you know, you can be thinking about and saying, hey, this is what purpose looks like. All right? Would that be good for anybody here this morning? Right? Like, like, are we on the journey? Are we on the journey? Because I thought I was traveling to Europe, but all the people I'm seeing are black. You know? So, so, so let's, let's write them out on the board. So the first thing I'll talk about this morning that you would find on a purpose journey is what I call puzzle pieces. Puzzle pieces. What does purpose look like? Purpose looks like puzzle pieces. You know, have you ever gone to a store and, you know, you bought you a puzzle, right? A puzzle. I know you haven't, don't worry. But people go to stores and buy puzzles. Now, what a puzzle is, a puzzle is a big picture, all right, that is fragmented into several meaningless pieces, right? So when you pick up one piece of a puzzle, what happens is that it, in itself, it doesn't make sense. In itself, it is just a piece of, of, of something, but in itself, it doesn't make sense. Now, for example, you buy you a puzzle of a car, all right, of a big car, beautiful car and all of that. When you assemble everything, you are going to see the car. But when you hold one piece, it really doesn't make sense. And you know what I think this morning is that purpose many times is going to look like puzzle pieces. Um, purpose is going to look like moments that in themselves don't add up. A purpose journey with God is going to look like a season of your life that you don't have explanations for. A purpose journey with God is going to look like experiences in your life that you don't have explanations for. Purpose looks like puzzle pieces. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 9 says, look, we know in part and we understand, we prophesy in part. Our knowledge is partial. As long as we live in this realm of existence, there is a, there is a partness, is that correct, of our knowledge. Right? 
Right? We know in part. We know, we know in part. Okay, so purpose looks like I'm walking through a season and I can't explain what's happening to me. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why this is happening. It's a piece of something. It's a chapter of a story. It's like you pick up a book to read and, you know, you read chapter one, you open up chapter one, and then you see this beautiful story and it's supposed to be like a romantic novel. And then you're like, this is a story of, you know, um, 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 Maria. Maria and, 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 um, and give me the name of the guy. Give me the name uh, of Giwa. And so Maria and Giwa just meet and they were both just at the movies and they were waiting to buy tickets and they kind of looked over at each other and they both looked for another five seconds and Maria kind of smiled and Giwa smiled back and you know, you're reading the story and then Giwa's old friend called, what's his name? Give me the name, give me the name. Let's write the story together. Called? Shino. Shino just like comes in and says, Giwa, come. And then Giwa has to turn away and then he's going with Shino and then the chapter ends. And you know that moment where you're like, no, now? Ah, something was about to happen. Something was about to happen. Why did the story end there? Now, this is what many Christians do. Many Christians are holding that chapter that is not complete, and then they get frustrated. I can't explain it. Why is this happening to me? Do you know what you tell anybody reading that book who comes to you and says, I finished chapter one. This story doesn't make sense now. The story does not make sense. And you say, why? And he explains that story, and he says, it's not complete. What do you tell him? Does the story have chapter two? Open chapter 2 and read. But you know what many Christians do? We stop in a moment of a journey and we're trying to explain things absolutely. You will never have absolute explanations for the things in your life. I know you try to form spiritual and you understand everything happening in your life, but that's not what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian means that you're walking by faith, not by explanations. A purpose journey looks like puzzle pieces, friends. Moments of testing. What is it like if you are Abraham? Carrying your son and walking up a mountain and, and they ask you, where are you going, Abraham? I'm on my way somewhere. Where? To sacrifice my son. How do you explain it, Abraham? Are you out of your mind? What does it mean? And you're waiting, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. But you're building the altar stone upon stone upon stone. Something will happen. Nothing has happened. We have tied him to the altar. What is it like in that moment to be asked, explain where your life is now? All my mates done, all my mates done. Explain where your life is now. Purpose will look like puzzle pieces, friends. This is what it means to walk with God. And hey, let me say this to you, friends. As we're talking about purpose and, you know, uh, purpose is that kind of thing that is for everybody. Everybody must be in this conversation. This is what our lives are about. And if I came here this morning and I was preaching a message on how not to fornicate as a single, you can just look straight and say it doesn't apply to me. Or if I say how... How to, how to hold your liquor. You can say it doesn't apply to me. But a message on purpose, if you're listening to this and you are side talking, you are, Satan is doing something in you. This is everybody. This is everybody. Every, see, this applies to everyone. Do you understand? Let me look at somebody and say, if you, this applies to you. This is, this is the word from the Lord for you. You came to church this morning, you're like, I need a word from God. This is it. If you, if you text during this kind of message, I'm judging you. Even angels are judging you. Purpose is going to look like puzzle pieces. Puzzle pieces. And so I would say to us this morning, we must learn what it means to take things in stride within a bigger context. We must understand that we're walking a bigger story. This is a chapter of a story. This is a face. This is a part of my life. There are experiences I can't explain. Why did this happen? But I must know what it means to walk on in my life in faith, knowing that in the ultimate, I would understand things better. 
But you're never going to have absolute explanations for every experience of your life. What does purpose look like? Purpose looks like puzzle pieces. Puzzle pieces. Isolated moments that don't make sense in themselves. The second thing I would say that purpose looks like this morning, I believe that purpose looks like peace. Not shit, peace. Purpose looks like peace. Purpose looks like peace. Purpose looks like peace. There's a peace of purpose. And my burden this morning is to encourage us, friends, that we don't, please do not, do not, do not underestimate the power of the peace of God working in your heart as a Christian. Because it's one thing to say there are puzzle pieces, there are moments I don't understand and all of that. But listen, there is a peace of God that he gives you to guard your heart. What it means to be a Christian is not just that you have peace with God, but it's that you have the peace of God to live your life with. And what happens many times is that because we live in a world that is so used to being troubled we live in a world that is so used to you know just problems and you know that kind of pain and all we almost feel like something is wrong with us for having peace have you been around people before and as everybody's talking about how how and you're like why am i at peace and you're almost questioning your peace but you know what the bible calls it listen to philippians 4 and verse 6 philippians 4 and verse 6 don't worry about anything don't worry about anything you, you know what the bible says don't worry about anything you you want to to cancel anything and say most things because in your mind, there are one or two things. How you not go worry for this 2022? How you are? But the person says, don't worry about anything. You're like, how? He says, pray about everything. If you don't pray about everything, you will worry about some things. Then he says, with thankful hearts, offer, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Now look at verse 7 where I'm going. Then because you belong, then because you belong to Christ Jesus, all right, God will bless you. It's a blessing with peace that no one can completely understand. What it means to be a Christian is to have a kind of peace that nobody can understand. Why are you at peace when there's a fire raging, when there's a storm, when there's, why are you at, why are you at peace? This is what it means to be a Christian. It doesn't matter if it's 2021, it doesn't matter where in the world you live, it doesn't matter what job you work, it doesn't matter what local government you are from. To be a Christian means to have peace. This is not about specially spiritual people. This is our heritage as Christians. And that peace will control the way you think and feel. Don't feel guilty for being at peace, Christians. That's what it means to be a Christian. And I believe that we must... Sometimes I feel like asking people, when, in the way you are living your life, when do you plan to have peace? You know, you, you feel like it's wrong. Ha! I'm like, hey, hey, I know if like, hey, ah, why go, hey, whoo, ha! Baba Osla, calm down. Receive the peace of God to guard your heart. When do you plan to have peace? When you plan to have joy, you are sad and, and anxious about everything. You sit down to eat, you are hissing. You are going out, you are hissing. You are sad. You walk into church, they say, sit down. Why? Calm down. When you plan to have peace in your life, everything to you is fight. You are driving in traffic, you look over to the other. Can't you just smile at the other driver? You look as if two of you have fought before. Calm down. When do you plan to have peace? When do you plan to have joy? When you plan to, to wake up every day and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Not, not tomorrow will be the day. Today is the day. And you plan. Until they increase my salary in this office. Until they, until they, they don't, they don't, nobody respects me. If I'm smiling too much, they will not respect me. <laughs> when you plan to have peace, everything is hissing. Everything is, one of my guys around me, as he hisses, I'll be counting three, four. You say, ah. You, somebody calls you, you hiss. You see text message, you hiss. What? 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 
There's a peace. And I'll tell you the truth, friends. It doesn't matter government, economy. There's a peace. You'll get it. Let me read this verse to you in OJB. It's one of my favorite translations. Original Jewish Bible. Listen to this. And the Shalom Hashem, surpassing all Bina, will guard your Levavot and your Makshavot in Rebbe, Melek, Hamoshiach, Yehoshua. Hmm? Hmm? Do you understand? I don't. <laughs> but it's important. See, friends, do you know there's even a peace that just comes from being on your race? There's a peace that comes from winning your own race, from living the life God calls you to live. Do you know one of the things that steals our peace many times is what others are doing? When would you be delivered from that competitive sense of purpose? Listen to me well. Nobody's success is your failure. And nobody's failure is your success. Nobody. Nobody. You are not called in life to come first. You are called to be the best of yourself. Nobody's failure is your success. That's how we think as a country. That's how we think as individuals. That's how we think as families. You were happy in your marriage until you went to throw away the dustbin and you saw your neighbor's dustbin. Then you start feeling like we're failing in marriage. Ah, ah, titles. Ah, ah. Eh. Nobody's success is your failure. You see, ah, ah. Then you now come back inside. The husband says, what happened, darling? Don't darling me. <laughs> Nobody's success is your failure. As a country, that's how we think. You see every motivational speaker. By the next 20 years, Nigeria must be one of the top 10 economies. And I say, why? Why do you think top 10? Why don't you think about being the best of yourself? Is it, okay, so all other economies in the world fail. Does that make you successful? Listen, in Matthew 25, verse 15, Jesus is, is telling this parable about talent. And he says, to one he gave five, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. Each, verse 15, each according to his own ability. There's something about seeing your race and being at peace in winning your race. The guy he gave five is producing five. He's a, the guy he gave two is producing two. The guy he gave one. Now, two things, two things that would always happen to people that have a competitive spirit. Either of these two, you'll be in one of the two. If you are the guy giving five and you produce three, and you look over your shoulder, the guy giving two produces two, the guy giving one does his best, gets one, you know you are always going to be better than them, even though you are not doing your best. The first thing that would happen is that you have a false sense of accomplishment. A false sense of accomplishment. You say, I'm better. I'm the best. I ask some people, I ask people that I say, ah, how are you doing in your relationship with God? Yeah, have you been reading your Bible? And I say, ah, but among my friends, I'm the best. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The second thing that it would do, if you are the guy giving two and you've worked hard, you've produced two. You've worked hard, you've produced two. Then the other guy giving five, he's even just playing, he just, he's producing three. You, you know, some of us had that classmate in school. That classmate. That would be playing basketball, then they'll say, it's time for exam. You'll run his hair. And you'll get twice your score. And you, you know how you stayed awake throughout the night. But listen, you would either have a false sense of accomplishment or you have a wrong sense of pressure. Everybody living life in this competitive thing will lose that peace because you're either under a wrong sense of pressure or a false sense of accomplishment. One of the two would always be happening to you. 
And what I'm just saying to you today is that we must have this peace that comes from knowing that we are on a journey that God calls us to, the journey that God has put us on, that we are winning in, that, listen, that we are thriving on our lane of what God calls us in. 1 Corinthians verse, chapter 15, verse 41, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. Now listen to this, for one star differs from another star in glory. Did you see that? Listen to 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves. It's not me, it's Bible, are not wise. They're not wise. Why? So I send one person, I say, you know what? Hey, my daughter is in school, my four-year-old daughter. Help me go pick her from school. I give him chocolates, I give him, you know, a, a flower, and I say, go pick my daughter from school. And he goes. And I send another person, I say, I have some tenants that owe me money. I give him matchet and cutlass. I say, go. Then two of them meet on the way. You know, I say, what did Oga give you? He gave me chocolate. You, matchet. Ah, ah. Different assignments. Why should I give you chocolates to collect rent? comparing themselves, measuring themselves by and comparing themselves, they are not wise. There's no wisdom in it. You're looking over your lane to find your own journey. What somebody else is doing, what are they? All my, my mates, all 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 my mates. They are not wise. Let me look at somebody say, are you wise? Are you wise? Are you wise? From now, be wise. Before you are not, but from now. All my mates don't buy a car. All my mates. My mates are going abroad for holiday. All my mates, all my... Oh, my maid don't marry. Oh, my maid don't marry. Oh, oh my maid don't marry. And we started to get, and we went to school together. Oh, my maid are not wise. Third thing I would say about purpose this morning, I believe there is a price. What will a purpose journey look like? It will look like a price. A price. A price. Not P-R-I-Z-E. P-R-I-C-E. A price to pay. A price. A price. In fact, sometimes this price will come as like a pain of purpose. What I'm saying to you this morning about a purpose journey as you look at yourself on one is that there's going to be a sense of responsibility that you are standing up to every day. Purpose carries a weight of responsibility. Sometimes it's even pain that we are stepping beyond this, this idol of self, of convenience, of, you know, what it feels like for me, how I like things and all. And we are embracing a sense of responsibility. This is what purpose looks like. And when I say this, I'm not saying that people are killing themselves and you are trying to die and, you know, like walking your head off. No. What I'm saying is a sense of responsibility, work that is blessed. Listen, work was not part of the curse. Adam was given work before he fell. Do you understand what I'm saying? To stand up in the morning and go and walk. It's not that you are cursed. It's not that humanity is cursed. It is God's plan for humanity. You walk from 9 to 12. You say, I've been walking all day. My back. You are lazy. Stand up. There's a price of purpose. Are you hearing me this morning? You take on a job, they are paying you salary. Your first day at work, you are spending the whole time checking internet for job openings elsewhere. You are lazy. Purpose has a price. Are you hearing me? Christianity is not laziness. There's responsibility. It is work. Listen, it's a picture. The picture I'll give you is like we stand in front of a five-story building, okay? Five-story building. And we're trying to get to the fifth floor. It's one thing to have this mindset of work like, hey, we're trying to reach the fifth floor. Everybody's jumping, jumping, jumping as high as they can. And we can never, hey, we go just die for this. Everybody, that's one picture. Another picture is to see that there's a staircase. 
And we are taking steps, 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 steps. It is responsibility, but it is not impossible. It is in our hands. We are graced for it. We are anointed to work. We are anointed to do what God expects of us. Psalm 37 and verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I still believe that good men take steps. Good men take steps. They take steps in the direction of the life they are called to. They take steps in the direction of what they should be doing. They take steps in the direction of God's plan for their life. They make practical choices. They work. They work their lives. They make a budget. They make a plan. They work their lives. They do what they should do. The Bible says in, in Matthew 25 about how there were 10 virgins. It says five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Listen, the five foolish ones, it's not that they failed in school or they didn't know physics. No. The five foolish ones, what made them foolish? They said everybody's traveling. Take extra oil. Be practical. They didn't take. The wise ones, it's not that they were intelligent, smart. No. The word for wisdom is phronimos. It's practical. They do things well. They just do that little extra. They do things properly. They take steps in that direction. And the Bible says that eventually, do you know what amazes me? Is that eventually the Bible says that the five, fully, the five wise ones said to the foolish ones, go and buy. They now said, eh, okay, they now went. So all the while they knew where they were selling. And all the while they had the resource to buy. Why did they not do it? They just didn't do it. You know everything in your life that I know I can do, but you just don't do. I could have made my bed before I left home today. I could have, but you just don't. I can be a proper person. I could have ironed my shirt. I could have cleaned my shoe. Why are you looking down? But you just didn't. Purpose is this price of practicality, of just being responsible. I was telling them in first service, just be a proper person. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be appreciative. Be thankful. It's one of the signs of the end times. The Bible says men will be unthankful. Jesus told about 10 lepers and he said one came back. I believe it's in this day. It's not 10 lepers. It's, two, it's 100 million. Only one comes back. People are just, everybody, deservedness. It's my, you know, you walk into a church, they're even complaining. What do you have to complain about? Your life group leader, you are just stressing them. Hi, When last did you even say thank you for leading our life group? Thank you for what you do for When last did you walk up to a volunteer and say thank you? You say, ah, they didn't give me good seats. Do you deserve it? No, don't let me even talk about that. <laughs> Practical. Dress well. Dress properly. Because if you say well, that is relative. But dress properly. Dress deliberately. Comb your hair. Except the design is for it not to be combed. Then keep that design well. But do things deliberately. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't just go out. Use cologne, perfume, body spray, deodorant. Do things properly. It's part of what purpose journey looks like. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's for the peace of the body of Christ. It's for the peace. Do things properly. And guys, change your boxers when they are worn, not when they are worn out. Use, use, use. Can I go on? Should I go on? If somebody next to you is sweating, say, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> yeah. Do things properly. Be courteous. Greet people. Smile. And smile. They don't pay for it. You say, but why should I smile? I'm broke. <laughs> Do they pay? Did they tell you as you smile, bring hundred? No. Smile. What's wrong with you? Everything is just for you. Everything is fight. It's like agitation. You know, everywhere you're going. Just... <laughs> calm down. Calm down. You go to buy fuel. You are behaving as if they are ready to cheat me. Mm, yeah, let me say. Ah. 
do things properly. That's, that's just what I... Do you know how Rebecca got her husband in the scripture? Do you know? Rebecca, Rebecca married the most eligible bachelor... The, not eligible. The most... Um, what's the word? Though? The most... Um, the best bachelor around. Isaac was your... Tra- no, this one is not even about it. Is it fine? It's not fine. Covenant. If somebody carried covenant in that day, is, whether it's fine or not, what do you mean? Covenant. Somebody that... Somebody that... There's farming. The, the water everywhere is dry. He just goes, he digs, he sees water. You now say, is he fine? What do you mean by that makes him fine? <laughs> that makes him fine. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> People that are anointed are handsome. Let me tell you. Maybe, maybe you don't know. <laughs> Sit down there and be saying, my ideal guy, when you see anointed man, Christian, that's what I mean, Christian. Mm? Mm? So if he can add a few things, that's good. You'll be adding it for him later. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know how Rebecca got her husband Isaac? She basically met a stranger and she was polite. She was helpful. Should I give you water? Stranger. And that was just the connecting point to marrying Isaac. To put in your generational context, you're like Isaac, what's the big deal? Let's say in this generation now, somebody says Tolumudi. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Don't let's talk about that. Because I'm not single, okay? I'm not. I'm not looking for a wife. Number four, what will purpose look like? Number four, purpose will look like, whoa, how did that time go? <laughs> purpose will look like patience um, or process. What will purpose look like? It will look like patience or process. Purpose will look like patience. Um, there is a process that purpose will invite you to. Um, you know, we live in a generation that has this right now syndrome, like now, now. Your understanding of faith is now. But listen, faith that does not include patience is a scam. Hebrews 6 and verse 12. Be imitators that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Do you know how you come to the promise? It is faith and patience, not faith alone. Faith and patience. Faith must include patience. A purpose journey looks like patience. It looks like process. It looks like I'm walking a story. What does process look like? I'm doing the same things consistently. I'm doing what is right. It doesn't seem to work today, but I continue doing it. It doesn't seem like anything is changing, but I continue. A farmer goes to, to, to plant. He plants. He goes back to water. And then he goes home and his wife says, what was the difference on your farm today? I don't know, but I continue to go tomorrow to water. That's what process looks like. You continue. You do what is right. I paid my tithe last month, but I did not see financial breakthrough. You don't pay your tithe because of financial. You pay your tithe because it's the right thing to do. You honor God. We will continue to honor God even if nothing happens. But let me tell you the truth. Because it's a God process, something will happen. That's the problem. Patience looks like process. I mean, purpose looks like process. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Come and preach now. <laughs> but purpose looks like patience. Purpose looks like patience. Purpose looks like process. Um, let me give you two more. Um, what does purpose look like again? I believe it looks like, um, it looks like people. People. There are people of purpose. Purpose looks like relationships. How do I, what, what would I look like? What would I look at on the journey of purpose? Like I'm traveling a journey of, it will look like people. People become like signposts of a journey of purpose. Listen to me this morning. Purpose is never going to be a solo journey. 
Stop trying to privatize God and his purpose. It's not for privatization. It's God connects you to people. Don't let anybody lie to you. I know you listen to motivational speakers. Uh, you are the special one for this generation. Nobody's like you. Nothing can. You are the standalone. Listen. Listen. God is not only at work in you. He's at work in everybody. Hmm? Sorry to shake your table. Because you come into church, I'm just special. There's something special about In fact, the way God speaks to me, nobody can understand. It's not God. It's not God. It's not God. It's another spirit we are hearing. God has been dealing with me in a way that, <laughs> in a way that, <laughs> you know, you know when you see a line of soldiers and you want to finish one, I can't, I won't touch the line, but if I want to finish one, just let that one come alone to me. Uh, it's near you. I don't kill it. You just pull one leg, you pull another leg, you just can't do wax and lock it. Mm-hmm. You also do it, we all do it. But, but, so it's not a statement of the strength or the weakness of the ant. It's a statement of is it connected? When it's in line, when it's with its people, you respect it. When the devil wants to fry you, he will separate you. You'll be telling everybody that I am the one that I'm the one for the generation. I'm the standalone. I'm the there is revelation I have nobody can understand. It's not revelation. It's destruction you're looking for. Destruction. Purpose looks like people. Every Moses, every Moses needs an Aaron and a her. One on one side to hold up the hand, the other on the other side. Your hands will get weary. There will be times in your life when you just, it happens to everybody. It's not about being a Christian or not. God looked at Adam. God was creating everything. God was saying it is good. It is good. God was creating. He was saying it is good. God himself said it is not good. Do you know why he said it's not good? That the man is alone. God's creation, he said it's not good. Before sin. What? The man is alone. Don't be alone. Where have you been? Everything about your life is hidden. Your browsing history, your, your everything. Nobody can, the, the way you put password on your phone, we won't, is this CPM phone? <laughs> password, lock everything. Every, what are you looking at? Even your wife. Your wife wants to help you charge your phone. You say, why? Why? Purpose looks like people. No matter the revelation of God you have. In Exodus, I've been reading Exodus. I was reading it recently and, you know, I was amazed. God is giving Moses instructions. Build the temple. Seven cubits, two cubits, gold, this one, that one. He was giving Moses artisan instructions. Moses is prophet. He doesn't know all of that. And God was dictating him, giving him, giving him. See to it that you build it according to the pattern that I show you. Moses climbed mountain. God was giving him pattern, 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 pattern. It's Moses. I'll say, why? How would I do it? But when you get to Exodus 31, after all the instructions, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, after all the instructions, God now said, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah, go on. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works to, in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I indeed have appointed with him Aholiab, and uh, the son of Ahisamak, the tribe of Dan, and I've put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. So there's what I commanded you, but there were people that were anointing. I was giving you instruction, I was giving people anointing. So you, you are now Moses, you say, I have, I have the pattern, I have the, I have the word for the now. There are people that are anointed for what God is saying to you. You say you are doing purpose journey solo. Every, join a life group, you are running away. Participate in your life group, you say, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Connect. Service finishes. The way you run. They say, did they chase you? 
And then you now say, I've been single, Lord. Open heaven over me. This is where we open it. Where will you open it? Is it in the nightclub? This is where we open it over you. Just say. <laughs> um, listen, when it comes to people, you can't be indifferent. You have to be building it. The right people in my world. Proverbs 13 and verse 20. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Do you want to watch your life fall to pieces? It says hang out with fools. It will happen. It's Bible. It will happen. Don't you say, ah, my life, my life, my life. <laughs> Let me tell you something about wrong company. Wrong company not only destroys your life, it keeps away right company. Let me tell you something about right company. Right company not only builds your life, it secures you from wrong company. It's a deliberate space in your life. Purpose looks like people decisions. Who are the people that can, who can call you and speak into your life? Who, who is a voice? Who is a, who are the people in your space? Purpose looks like people. Everybody has screw in their head that can go loose. Everybody. From the pastor of this church <laughs> to you, everybody, all of us. <laughs> Sometimes I go home and I'm like, baby, I want to rant. How to rant. <laughs> now you finish talking, are you going? You know that you have been saying nonsense. Yeah, baby. Let me show you how this thing works. I'm a vital part of the body, all of that. Listen, if you take a finger of your body and you cut it, you cut it off. Take, a, take any human body and cut off a finger. Come back five years' time. The body will experience pain, but the body will survive. That finger is what will die. You'll be separated from what God connects you to. Let me give you one more. Then I will land this thought. One more is the place. The places of purpose. Some people are just laughing at me for everything. Places of purpose. So puzzle pieces, the peace, the price, the patience, the people. And then the places of purpose. Purpose has places. There's the principle of purpose that is about place. Place. There's this word that you find as you run through scripture. Somebody come on, kids. Let me close. There's this word that you find as you run through scripture. And it's this word about being planted. This word about being planted. What does that mean? That you have a ground. And then God gives you a ground. God gives you a place. And then you understand what it means for your roots to go deep. And to be planted in the ground that God gives you. Purpose looks like being planted. Psalm 92 and verse 12, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. You want that. You pray that. You pray to flourish. I want to flourish. It's my year of flourishing, flourishing, flourishing. When others are flushing, I'm flourishing. Okay. It will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. In the name of Jesus, I'm growing like, okay. What's the next verse? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. The courts of our God. It is the planting that leads to the flourishing. God will call you a tree. God will say, look, I give you a place. Why do you think God calls people trees and, and all of that? Why does he give us this metaphor of thinking? So you understand that I, God gives me a place and my roots need to be going deeper in the place God gives me so that I can be flourishing and thriving. No tree grows by just jumping around and being all over the place. Trees grow by being planted, being planted. 
In Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man that fears the, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly and stands nor stands in the path of sinners nor said. All of that. Verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is this man. He's talking about the blessed man. Then you say, can you give me a metaphor to understand the blessed man? Look at verse 3. It says, he shall be like a tree that is planted. You can't get over that word in scripture, planted. Planted. Jeremiah 17, in the time of drought, planted. It's that same word. God said to, I, I like when God was speaking to, to Elijah in, in the time of famine. And, and God says to Elijah, you know what? I want to sustain you. He says, go to the brook Kidron. There, there, there. You will drink water. There I have commanded ravens to come and feed you. If Elijah says, no, me, I like staying in my house. So ravens will not come to your house. Ravens will come to the place God said, be there. Just that thing of my place, my place. There's a blessing on my place. Then in 1 Kings 17 and verse 9, God now speaks to Elijah. He now said, look, the place has changed. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Like Jesus said, there were many widows, but God says there's a widow there. There's a there. There's a there about your life. There is a there. And God says, there. That is the place that I've commanded for you to be provided for. Do you know how Elijah survived the famine? Do you know how Elijah, it was not because he was anointed. It was because he was in his place. Do you know how Elijah came through? Not because he anointed. Not because of how much he can pray. But because of his obedience to be in his place. It's something about our Christian journey, about understanding and the journey of purpose that God will give you a there. God will give you a place to call there. There is going to look like places of assignment. There is going to look like places of responsibility. There is going to look like places, your family, your marriage, your, your places of responsibility, of assignment. It's going to look like your spiritual planting. It's going to look like a church family. It's going to look like a life group. It's going to look like a connect. But there is something about understanding that this is my there. And I am planted in my there. You don't shake it, you're there. You stay planted. It is the planted that will flourish. You stay planted in your there. You show up in your there. You put your roots in your there. You contribute in your there. You plug yourself in your there. You don't shake it, you're there. You go to a church, you say, this is everybody, whether you're in this church or anywhere, maybe you're just listening to this message. I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Find you a place that is your there. Get you your place that is your there. You don't shake around your there. The blessing is on the planted. Blessing is not on the attenders. The blessing is on the planted. There's something about your roots going down. Your roots going deeper, plugging in. The blessing is on the planted. The blessing is on the planted. The roots go down. They contribute. They drink of the life of that ground. The blessing is on the planted. Don't just attend church. Be planted in church. Don't just go to Christian. So what you know what Christians in my generation do? You jump from place to place. There's night of revival. There's hour of redemption. There is a day of salvation. There is a minute of freedom. There is second of release. Jump, jump, jump. But we don't understand what it means to be planted. The blessing is not on the travelers. The blessing is on the planted. God is going to give you place in purpose. The blessing is on the planted. He said... We want to choose a new disciple. Judas Iscariot has fallen. What was the requirement they gave? They said, find among yourself one that has been here. From the time Jesus Christ walked in and among us. Just find somebody that was here. They didn't say find the most prayerful. They said find somebody that is there. Something about being there. Be there. When does anointing come? Be there. When do I catch this? Be there. When does it, you know, I'm just going, I, I tell people, be there. Just be there. Be there. <laughs> the blessing is on the planted. Today, um, the question many times that we're dealing with in the tension is how can I hold it all together? Because what a journey of purpose will look like many times is 
it's these things. But, but I'll be honest with you, it, it's in the midst of a lot else happening. There are so many things happening in the world that we live. We live in a fallen planet. There is so much happening. How can I hold it all together? You want to form a chain in the things that God says is, is what purpose looks like. Purpose looks like people. It looks like puzzle pieces. It looks like peace. And I want to hold them together. I don't want to say because I'm holding a puzzle piece, then I lose my peace. I don't want to say that I'm holding peace and I'm not standing up in responsibility. I don't want to say because I'm standing up in responsibility, then, you know, I'm losing a sense of patience of the process of God. I don't want to be shaken out of my place. I don't want to be shaken from my people. I want to hold it all together. The truth is sometimes people are the ones that will trouble your peace. Mm. Okay, now people are like, <laughs> John Franklin cracked the joke. He said, one woman said she's not marrying. She's not marrying. That's scripture. I read scripture. I'm not marrying. I said, why? He said, Paul says, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Okay, let me crack a joke. You understand. <laughs> Because that just went. <laughs> Nobody got that. So, this was actually a real life story. It was with the church. He, the guy just used to talk nonsense. So, one day he went to a party. He had drunk. He was one woman and he was always having this toss with this woman. They were always abusing themselves. So, she just looked at him. Ah, she was angry. She said, look, if I, if I was your wife, like, we can't person, if I was your wife, I'll give you poison to drink. He said, if I was your husband, I would drink it. <laughs> okay. So how can we hold it all together? How can we hold it all together? That's a big question. That's a big question. How can we, how can we hold it all together? Toby, come, 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 quickly. Can you run up? Come. How can we hold it all together? Okay, no. In fact, come down. Come, jump down. Let me come and meet you. How can we hold it all together? Imagine that I told this guy that I want to get him to, I want to get him to, uh, sorry, somebody there. Can you just stand up? Somebody, anybody, anybody. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. Can, can it be somebody a bit behind you, please? Thanks. I appreciate you, but, and I know that was your chance to, for everybody to see, but yeah, fantastic. Yeah, somebody there. Can you just stand up? Thank you so much. Ah, strange to see you there. Imagine, imagine I told this guy that I want to get him there. I want to get you there. And he has all these things to, to figure out and to be holding together. I want to get him there, all right? And we're walking through a journey to get there. So it's a lot of madness in the world. It's a lot. So let's just see what it will look like, okay? I'm the one taking you there. So what do you do? You follow me, right? So let's go. I'm taking you there. I'm taking you there. Fantastic. You follow where? Yeah, fantastic. Okay. I'm taking you there. So I'm taking him there. That's where I'm taking him taking you there but the point is there's a lot happening in the world what's your view on once saved forever saved <laughs> tell him your view <laughs> tell him your view what's your view I have a view <laughs> has anybody offended you lately no <laughs> wow, do you live in this world <laughs> how's work work is fine what have you been doing recently um, school. Okay. Tell me about it. Medical school. It's been hectic. Tell me one topic you've learned recently and tell me about it. <laughs> Surgery. Okay, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Go. <laughs> what, what, what Many. Let me pass it to this doctor here. <laughs> tell us something about surgery. 
Okay. Um, surgery is stress. Stress is your system. So your body responds to that stress. So you know what's happening many times in the world is that we're just carried away by everything happening. Surgery. Once saved, forever saved. Follow Jesus. That's what I told you to do because I'm taking you somewhere. All right? Can anybody just volunteer and help me slap this guy, please? Anybody? Thanks. Just a, a decent slap. Good for a church gathering. A good slap. Hey, you are, you are obeying my instructions, all right? Just a decent soft slap. Give him the slap. Hey, go get your slap. You must get that slap. Give him the slap. Give him the slap. Now, he has a choice to... Uh, slap! I said slap! In the name of Jesus, slap him! Uh-uh. What's wrong with you? On his face. Uh, what's wrong with you? In the name of the Lord, give him a slap. You're a healer or whatever. Just... Fantastic. You have a choice to either fight back or follow me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what it looks like for you many times on your journey. Right? Somebody hurt you. Somebody offended you. It's a choice of follow Jesus or deal with the situation. It's a choice of many things. Many things. Who, who has a question around here? Somebody around here looks like you have a good question. What was the origin of humanity? Was it God that created God? Or the beginning God showed up in the beginning that was created by the beginning of God? Let's discuss. Oh, yeah. Discuss. Jesus is moving on. Be analyzing it. Be analyzing it. Because we live in a very foolish generation. Simply, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. It's a simple instruction. Follow Jesus. Wake up in the morning and read your Bible. It's not that hard. But you want to understand why dinosaurs are no longer existing. Hmm? Follow Jesus. He will lead you to life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because friends, the truth is, you know what? There's madness in the world. It's like living in a market. And do you know what it's like if you go in a market and imagine this whole place was a market. Do you know the number of things going on here? Like everybody's shouting, somebody's abusing their customer, somebody's fighting there, somebody's cursing their relative. Right? Everything is going on in a market. But I tell him, you know what? We're going through a market. Follow me. And just picture that your three-year-old child that knows there is noise, but she cannot be saying, noisemakers keep quiet. But what she will say is, I'm going to follow closer. In the midst of the madness of what life is and everything happening. Do you know what you need to learn, friends? It's follow closer. It's follow closer. The world is mad. Hey, everything is happening. What's been going on on Twitter? Follow closer. Social media is so distracting. Follow closer. How will you find meaning in life? Follow closer. Follow closer. He will lead you to life. That was a lot of walking and only five people are clapping. Follow closer. Tim, come, come, come. I'm landing. Follow closer. Follow closer. Follow closer. Do you know what I want to encourage somebody today? Do you know the passion I want you to live with? I want you to walk out of those doors saying, do you know how I'm going to find meaning in my life? Do you know I'm going to hold it all together? It's when I realize that at the end of the day, it is not just a story of principles. It is a story of a person.
It is Jesus that will lead me in such a way that I will hold it all together. People will hurt you. Puzzle pieces don't make sense. How can we find peace in a broken world? How can I stay in my place when I'm tired? How can I hold up strong? It is in following a person that we will hold it all together. And this is what the story of our lives are going to look like, friends. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be on a purpose journey. It's not about finding explanations in every moment. It's about finding Jesus in every moment. It's not about people being perfect. It's about Jesus being so good a savior that will never let you down that would always be there for you it's about who jesus is friend maybe you came into church today and you're saying life doesn't make sense you know what i'll tell you jesus makes sense maybe you came into church this morning and you're saying things don't add up you know what i'll tell you jesus is a complete perfect savior and he's always there for us and today can be a day to follow stronger to follow with all your heart and so when they would ask Jesus questions and say, Master, tell my brother to divide, tell my... We would all have questions in life. But we have an ultimate answer in who Jesus is that we can hold on to stronger in every day of our lives. I pray that will be the story of every season for you. I pray that will be the story of traveling. I pray that will be the story of a purpose journey. What is a purpose journey going to look like for me? Well, it will look like pieces. It will look like pieces. It will look like people. It will look like places. But holding it all together is that passion with which I'm saying I am a follower of Jesus. Mountaintop, valley low, everything in between I am a follower of Jesus. This is how I live my life every day. This is how I find joy in every day. I am a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. Of ourselves, we're not sufficient. But I am a follower of Jesus. I am a follower of Jesus. If you'd wake up every day and face every question in your life with that answer, I am a follower of Jesus. Maybe you came to church this morning and said, what's this shouting all about? What's this passion all about? I'll tell you what it's all about. We live in a mad world. We live in a market of a world. Everything is just falling. Everything is broken. But the only thing that holds us up is that love of a savior that gave himself for us. That's what keeps us going. And in a moment, I'm going to encourage everybody. I'm going to give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. But let's just worship this morning and affirm our confidence in Jesus' name. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided, everybody, come on. I have decided to follow, to follow Jesus. No turning back. We're going to sing it one more time. How is your life going to make sense in 20 years time? I don't know what your plans are. Maybe you have great plans, maybe you don't. But if you sing this song and you mean it with all your heart, I'm telling you the truth. Nobody follows Jesus and ends up in darkness. Nobody follows Jesus and ends up in damnation. Nobody follows Jesus and ends up in death. Nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody does. Following Jesus is a pathway of life. It's a pathway of light. It's a pathway of hope. It's a pathway of eternity that makes sense, that adds up with God. I have decided Friday to follow, to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Hey, no turning back. I have, I have decided to follow Jesus. 
turning back. No turning back. to encourage somebody maybe you're in church this morning and as you're hearing those words about following Jesus and that kind of passion you're like hey you know what I'm far away from it or maybe as you're even looking at these things that I put up on the board and I'm talking about puzzle pieces and you say hey I can't recognize that but I made poor decisions about it maybe you think about people in your life and you're like I've made wrong choices maybe you say I'm not living with that peace maybe you say I've backed out of God processes I know it Maybe you say, I've been shaking the places I should be. You just look at this and for you, it's a story of failure and what you have gotten wrong. Mistakes you have made. As we're coming to church this morning, I just felt God prompt this on my heart about how, you know, when you're driving and, you know, you set a map to lead you somewhere. And it tells you, turn right and you turn right. It turn left and you turn left. And you're going and you feel like I'm doing good with that journey. But it happens to every one of us every once in a while that you make a wrong turn. It told you to exit the roundabout on the second exit. You went to the third exit and you went off the roundabout. You made a wrong turn. You made a wrong twist. You went where you shouldn't go. You did what you shouldn't do. It's costing you. You feel like, man, I'm off track. Maybe you came to church this morning and in some way or the other, you're honest enough to say, I'm off track. Hey, here's what I'm going to tell you. I just love those beautiful words. It's one of the greatest encouragements I've had in my spirituality. When you go off course and you hear those words, root recalculation. Then it tells you, okay, you know what, from where you are now, turn right, go straight, make a bend, come that way, then you will get to your destination. Somebody needs to hear the Holy Spirit saying those words to you this morning because you're like, if I heard this message 20 years ago, I wouldn't have done that. If I knew, if only I knew 10 years ago, before I went into that relationship, before I relocated, before I did that. You know what I want you to hear the Holy Spirit saying to you today is today, stand up, follow Jesus, take that next step, do what you know to do, follow again, stand up, follow, obey God today, take that step you can take today and he will lead you in a journey of life. But at the end of the day, people that are going to stand before God in heaven are not people that say, I traveled a perfect journey. But they're people that are going to say, through it all, I was a follower of Jesus. I was a follower of Jesus. And so today, if you say, you know what, you're speaking to me, I've made mistakes. And I just need to know that um, God is not lost of ideas about his purpose in my life. I hope that encourages you. But I want to make an invitation today for somebody that needs to say yes to Jesus. Somebody came to church today and you're not in the right place with God. There's only one way you can be made right with God. It's through Jesus. We don't get right with God by working harder, by striving in ourselves, by doing more. We get right with God by putting our faith in what Jesus did. He did it all. And I don't know who you are, how you came about being in church today. Maybe just stop by. Maybe you come. The big question today is, are you in the right place with God? 
If today you stood face to face before an almighty God. Hey, this is not about games. This is not about jokes. We didn't make ourselves. There's a God who made us. We owe our lives. And one day we're going to stand and answer those questions. Nobody would stand for us. Nobody would speak for us. We would stand and look at him and say what we did with our lives. And the truth is, down to ourselves, we are all guilty. We're all guilty of the judgment of a righteous God. Every one of us is guilty. But he says, because I know you are guilty, I'm going to put my own son on the cross. He's going to take that guilt so that if you say, I put my faith in him, then he pays the price for you. And so many of us stand today to say that we're righteous, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus did. And today my question is, are you going to say, I need that. I need Jesus. I'm not in the right place with God. I need to put my faith in Jesus. I'm not born again. I haven't given my life to him. Maybe at some point you had made a decision, but as we speak today, you know you've walked away from it. Can I request everybody just remain standing, bow our heads, close our eyes. If you say, you know what, you're speaking to me, right where you are, I'm going to count to three. I want you to put your hand on your chest just as a sign of making a statement before him this morning. I don't know who you are, how you came to be in church, whether you're in the building or you're online. I just want you to put your hand on your chest. God bless you. One, two, three. Wherever you are, put your hand. God bless you. I see hands across the room. God bless you. It's a miracle happening in your life today. God bless you. It's a miracle. I prayed for you. God bless you. Anybody else want to join in? Put your hand on your chest. God bless you. It's a miracle. It's a new beginning. It's a new life. God bless you. God bless you. Whether you're at home, anywhere, do it this morning. Put that hand on your chest wherever you are. It's a miracle. God bless you. God bless you. Can we all say together, this is a family, not a crowd. Everybody together. Heavenly Father, Father, I come to you today today because you've made a way for me to come. Through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son Jesus. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's the savior of the world. Say today, Today, I confess Jesus, I confess Jesus as, my as my Savior and my Lord. And my Lord. Say, please forgive me of the past. Please forgive me of the past. Give me a whole new start. Give me a whole new start. Wash me clean. Wash me clean by your blood. By your blood. Say, let today, let today be the beginning, be the beginning of walking with you. Of walking. With Say, I'm your child. I'm your child. One day, One day I'll be with you in heaven. I'll be with you in heaven. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. 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 Who loves the sound of a miracle? Come on. Come on. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations, everybody who prayed that prayer. Congratulations. That is a miracle that just happened in your life. I am so excited about it. Words cannot tell just what has happened. This is not, this is not bad people have become better. This is not, you know, shaky people have become stronger. This is dead people have come alive. This is hell decreased and heaven just increased. Amen. Congratulations. Hey, you know what? If you pray that prayer, we want to give you a gift from our church. It's a fresh life devotional. We want to get you started. We want to help you take those first steps in walking with God. It's a Bible reading plan and, you know, just a lot of help to start out this journey. And of course, we would also love to be praying for you. So here's the deal. As you're walking out of the doors after service, you're going to have some people at the back just waving it. All you need to do is to tell them, hey, I need a copy of that. I prayed that prayer. They'll give it to you. It's free of charge. They'll love to know how they can pray for you and how we can support you. Everybody online, there's already information about how you can let us know we want to send you resources to get you strengthened but one more time can we celebrate that miracle that has just happened in this house today we are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church Ibadan Nigeria we really hope you found it to be a blessing 
To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokwemudi, please visit our website, www.sikamore.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamore Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamore underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services. 